Welcome to Healthy Wealthy Wise Mind, where we learn more about how truly marvelous and wonderfully made we already are. Join me, Ana Gaeta, your faith and fitness trainer, as we unpack the biblical wisdom behind really cool science facts and medical research. This will have you running right into God's loving arms. So, get ready for him to download some amazing insights from his word into your heart. Let's start. Still in Detroit. Um, I was supposed to have left uh, yesterday morning. I actually wasn't a. I was literally in the airport, and they were like, "Sorry, you you don't exist in our system." And I'm like, uh, "Here's my, here's my itinerary. Here's my printed out ticket. Here's here's are all the things that I have." And they're like, "Nope, you don't exist here in our ticket in our system, so we can't help you." <laughs> And I was like, okay, you're right. You can't help me. God can. He's taking care of all of it. He's working it all out. And just like so many of us have different situations in our life that we take thoughts on and we say things and then we don't realize what we said or what happened. And we think, well, I didn't mean this or I didn't mean that. But there's a thought behind what you said that created those words that then came out. And that's why God showed me that speech production is so important it is such a very not just biological system but also spiritual system that he has put in place for our good for his greatness and for his glory so that when we're saying things they actually have so much value and meaning that we don't even realize and his word says that um life and death are in the power of the tongue um, if anybody can, I, I know that verse by heart, but if anybody can share that, I know that it's, it's a Bible verse that says life and death are in the power of our tongue. And here's the thing. It's not just our tongue. It's a whole system behind what we say. Um, and all of that, it, it's important because they all have a purpose and they all have um, a specific assigned task that God gave to each organ that takes place. You know, it's not just the mouth. It's not just the tongue. It's the teeth. It's the face structure. It's the breathing that happens. It's the larynx and, and, and even the lungs. And all of that is so important and all of it plays a role. So it's Proverbs 18.21 and it says the tongue has the power of life and death. That's basically what it says. Proverbs 18.21. And so when we're talking, we have breath that comes out. And we know that how did God create us from the breath of life? He gave men breath of life. He gave humans the breath of life. He gave us life. And he also gave us that power so that our tongue has that power. Our body has been empowered by him to create because our body is here in the physical and our thoughts we don't we don't have a specific you know like a, a bit like i don't know if you guys have ever seen cartoons when the old cartoons they have like a little bubble like a little bubble of thoughts that comes up and it's a really cute like you know you you, you can see what the person's thinking even if they're not saying it and it just comes out in a bubble or in the newspapers when um, they would have, when they would have like a, a little, like, 
the cartoons in the newspapers back then, we would read them and it would have like the script of what they were saying, but it came out as of a little bubble coming from their head. So all of those are really good visuals for understanding what happens in this process. And basically what happens is that what you're saying and what I'm saying like right now, all my words and all the words that you speak, they went through a whole process in your body in order for them to come out of your mouth. So speech production is the process by which thoughts are translated into speech. Okay? I, I just want you guys to understand that. Speech production is the process by which thoughts are translated into speech. Okay? So this um this actually happens um it, it like I said when we this weekend, for those of you that were in the Declare Detroit, we had so many awesome insights. I really hope that I'm going to talk to Coach Kim to see if there's, you know, like a way for them to sell just the replays or something. I don't know. Or like maybe portions of each speaker or something. There has to be something done because the insights there were so powerful. And one of the things we talked about is the process. And it is in the process. right now we wouldn't get all the benefits like if you saw the result right now you wouldn't get all the benefits that come with the process so many times we use we want what we want right like now this second but god has so much more for us it's not you know, it's not our good enough. And I say this all the time in this room. It's not just good enough because we have, oh, this would be good enough for me. No, God has the best. And the best comes with a process. And so Coach Kim, she talked to us about the different stages of the process. And for those of you that haven't gotten to see the replay or haven't been able to, I actually just want to show you guys the seven parts that she talked about. And I'll give you guys that right now in case you guys have questions. I'm just trying to find it in my notes somewhere here. Um, but one of those parts was really being able to walk in the process. And while I find, okay, so here it is. The first part of that is the petition. Okay. And so when you make a petition, you want something. That's like when you desire something, when you want something. The second part of that is the promise. You know that God gives you a promise and there's something that he wants to give you. So when you're asking something, he says, you know, Psalms 37, the desires of your heart, like God will give you the desires of your heart. Trust in him, put it in his hands. And so the petition is there and then God reminds you of his promise to you. But with the promise comes permission, which is the third part of that. That permission that we are given to also step into that promise. Because the promise is not just there, okay, that's it. No, it's for you to step into it, to walk into it. And guess what happens after that? When you're walking into it, when you're walking out with his promise, you have the plunder. And she talked about how it is that when 
the people of Egypt walked out of Egypt. They were walking out of Egypt. They were walking in the promise. That's when a plunder came. That's the extra blessing. That's like the cherry on top. That is the additional stuff that you get to have. Now, bear with me because this is all going to connect. This is all going to make sense as we go through this three-part series. I'm giving you guys the introduction because this is important. This is very important because God also, he places his systems, his processes in different parts of us just so that we can understand it in different ways. Okay, so just bear with me. When the people of Israel came out of Egypt and they walked out of Egypt, they were walking in that promise that they were given. Then they were then given plunder. Plunder is that extra, that abundance, that gifting that they got to take from the, like, even from their Egyptian neighbors and stuff. They said they didn't walk out empty handed. They walked out with so many riches. They walked out with clothing and jewels and all these things that it talks about in his word. And it is because they were walking out the promise. They were not just sitting there. Okay, God, you said it. You promised it. Like, you know, I'm just gonna, oh, I'm just gonna lay here in bed and just wonder at that. No, they walked in it. And so, what happens is that once you have that permission, that fourth thing is the plunder. And then the fifth thing is the proclamation. That proclamation, that shouting of joy, that sharing, that speaking, that saying, that giving God the glory with our words, our powerful words. But guess what? So many times we forget that, you know. Jesus healed 10, le 10 men with leprosy. One came back. One of them came back to say thanks. And I really, like, I have stood there and, and questioned myself. I'm like, would I have been that one? Or would it have been that 10 that was like, oh, yeah, my plunder, my joy, my promise. It's here. Well, let me just go and take it and, and go and run with it. And then we forget to go back and thank him. We forget that we... Our words are powerful, even if we think, oh, well, we don't have to. No, they didn't have to. He had already given them that. He got to. He got to return and say thank you. He got to return and say, Jesus, wow, thank you for healing me. Thank you for all this. It was 10 that he healed, and he only one came back. Only one came back and proclaimed. And I know that we talked about this a little bit differently on, on uh, because the proclamation can also mean, what are we saying? What are we calling it? But I think God is showing us right now too, what are we thanking him for? Are we just thanking him when we get exactly what we want? Or are we thanking him even when it doesn't look exactly how we expected it to? Because that's important. You know, those 10 uh, men that had leprosy and that were healed, they had been outcast. They had been, you know, they had been separated. They couldn't even be in the town. What did they come back to? Maybe, you know, I don't know. Like, they, obviously, I'm, I'm, don't misquote me. I'm not saying this. This part is not in the Bible, but I, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking back and like, what if they went home and... You know, like their wife wasn't there anymore. The kids were so grown and like they felt excluded or something. And they had had this issue, this disease, this, this illness in their bodies that they had been separated. So what if when they went back, it didn't look like they expected it to. And now instead they chose to focus on that and their proclamation was different.
But that one, that one was so grateful, so thankful. He went back to say thank you, to proclaim also that thankfulness. And so many times we're just focusing on, okay, well, I got here, this and that. But we're not focusing on all the things that we're thankful for. And that is a big part of our words, of our process, of our conceptualization, the way we con we, we create this concept in our mind that is then let out through our mouth, through our words. And we also talked about something important. Um, so I'm still in the fifth one. Remember, I talked about petition. I talk about promise. Um, then I said permission. And these are all things that Coach Kim taught on. Like this is a process that she showed. So it was permission. It was petition. It was promise. It was permission. It was plunder. And then it was proclamation. Okay. And in that proclamation, we are also talking about the importance of the concept that we have before we proclaim it. What concept is our mind taking? What thought is our mind taking that it's then going to let out in words? Okay. And there's something else that I got to say, but I, I'm asking God if he wants me to share it right now or afterwards, because there's a lot, there's a lot to take in here. Okay. So for now, I'm just going to move on to the next step, which is process. So after that proclamation, that's what we get to call something. We get to call it joy. We get to call it, um, you know, a blessing. We get to call it something. But is it's so powerful what we get to call it, what we get to proclaim. We get to proclaim it as something to be grateful for. We get to. Maybe others won't see it that way or maybe even our natural self won't want to see it that way. But whatever we call the process, that's what... We talked about whatever we call the process, that's what it's going to be. That's why it's so important to proclaim it, to take a concept of what it is, then say it, and then we're doing the second part, which is the continue to walk in it. Remember, the petition was made, then God gave us the promise, then which we, we, we started walking in, which gave us permission, which gave the plunder, which then allowed us to proclaim what it was and call it something, but then... It doesn't stop there. We got to keep walking. There's a whole journey. It wasn't the, the people of Israel didn't just come out of Egypt. And okay, that's it. Like, let's just come outside of Egypt. No, there was a whole journey that they had to go through. And that's what happens with us sometimes. We think the goal is here. Okay, the goal is just coming to Detroit. The goal is just learning. No, there's a whole process in your journey. Now it's the, Now you're in the process. You got to come. You got to see the promise. You walked in the promise. You had permission you're taking plunder you're proclaiming you're choosing what you're going to call your process and now that you're in the process you keep walking you have a whole journey to walk in and it is in that process that we end up getting tired that we end up whining and the problem is that like what did the people of israel do any little thing that will come up in that process oh no this means that you know god hates us he did like they literally like God, I, I can't even imagine what God must have, you know, thought at that moment. I'm just like, even as humans, I'm like, he just took you out of Egypt. He sent the 10 plagues. He did all of this. And now you're like, oh, he took us out to, to kill us? Really? Like, couldn't I have just left you to die in Egypt? Like, why would he go through the trouble of doing all of that? No, he did it because he loves them. Like, he is walking he with you in the process 
And he's taking you through that because he loves you. Because he loves you. He loves you so much that he wants to go on this journey with you. But what are you calling that journey? What are you calling those walks? Are you calling it, oh, oh my gosh, are you calling it something that, oh, uh, this is just something I dread. Oh, uh, why, why do I have to go? This is just such a horrible court process to get custody because that's what i was thinking at first when i was trying to get custody of my daughter oh, i was like what is no he's like what are you calling this and i said okay i'm gonna call this your training ground you're training me so that when i get my daughter back i'm ready to have her but i the first thought we want to take is we want to call it a a problem we don't want to call it a process we want to call it a problem i have a problem we want to call it something else we want to call it like oh i don't have we want to call it lack we want to call it other things it's the concept happening in our brains that is giving us th that is giving us words to then speak through our mouth and there's a whole physical process that happens which we're going to unfold in the next couple of weeks because it's a whole it, it's so much and i was like god you want me to give them all that he's like no 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 bite-sized pieces bite-sized pieces but right now we're giving the introduction and so Here's the thing, with the process, there's additional blessing because his love shows up in the process because he's walking it with you. He's not sending you out there into the wilderness alone. He's making a way and wherever he's taking you, he already made a way. And Coach Christina had such a beautiful teaching on that a couple weeks ago in our Friday room. Where he calls you, he's already made a way. So he's walking it with you now. Okay, and that's why it's so important what you're calling that journey. So right now, I want you to ask him, and I want as you're listening to this, I want you to be thinking, what is it that I'm calling a problem right now? Or what is it that I can actually call it? Because it's not a problem. It's a it's really the process. It's really the journey that he's taking you on. But what you're the concept that you're taking on it. As soon as you start calling it something else, you proclaim it's something else. You're going to see there's so much beauty in the process. There's so much love in the process. All right. So the next thing that happens after the process, it's the product of the promise. Okay. So the product of the promise, that's what we call the result. That's what we end up with. The product of the promise. The promise was always there since the beginning. Remember, as soon as you made a, a petition, God had that promise for you. And as soon as you took and walked on the promise, there was that permission. And then, you know, with that permission, sometimes there came a challenge that led to a plunder. But that plunder that you took with you then leads you to realize and to see what you should actually call the next journey you're going to walk through, which is a proclamation. And then you have this process, which is that journey. And then when you are, you know, when you walk in that journey, you at the end of that journey, you're going to see the product of the promise. And all of God's word talks about this, but we use it only for one thing. We use it, okay, the promise to being in the kingdom, to, the promise to being in heaven. It's going to come at some point. It's going to come later. Um. That's not the only journey you're walking through. Yes, that is the big overall picture of your journey. Being with, you know, like that part of his kingdom come. But his kingdom comes with each of us. 
His kingdom comes in every process, in every step of the way. He is with us, with us. He is literally there. And he wants to love on us in every step of the process. And so that's kind of like the intro that I want to give to this. I'm going to read off some more information about how speech production works in general terms, but we are not going to dive so deep into it. I just want you to understand the background information um, that we're, that I'm going to be giving so that when we start talking about each of these um, concepts and in the body, what that looks like when we're proclaiming something, when we're saying, when we're speaking, what is actually really taking place throughout your body that is then creating because that is the first step to create like the proclamation is the first step to creating that process that you're not walking into so that you can get the product of the promise so that you can get the result you want so that you we are co-creators with god that's why he built this powerful system inside of us this brain and this mouth and this tongue and this body and even those that can't speak with words they have hands that they sign with or even those that can't do that they have ways of communicating and so all these processes in our body god placed them there with systems in place to create because you think you're just creating words and that they're not physically there but they are and i had such a wow like just such a mind-blowing manifestation of that this weekend I was just in awe of how everything I said, like even unintentionally, but thank God it was good things. <laughs> God made a way. Truly, he made a way. I said, you know, I was only supposed to be in Detroit and I'll share a bit of my testimony because I really feel like God is leading me to share this, not, not for me, but for his glory. Because he said to me this weekend, you know why you didn't go to the declared New York, the first one? Because you wanted to go. You wanted to be in New York. And it was easy. You were already in the U.S. But this time, you weren't in the U.S. You were in Mexico. It was hard. It was difficult. Like, flights are, like, insanely crazy. Like, to get, you know, from all of it. All, and he's like, but I thought, I'm getting all the glory. God said to me, I'm getting all the glory, which means God is getting all the glory. That is what God is getting. The glory is His, not mine. There's truly no way I could have made this happen. And then even on top of that, for him to still keep me here, I'm just in awe of how he's working because I know he has an assignment. I know he has a plan. And I know that even in all of that, my words, the things I proclaim, even unintentionally, I'll, and I'll share one of them. Uh, well, a couple of them. So I was on my, my flight tickets were supposed to arrive. You know, I was supposed to arrive on Wednesday um, in Detroit. I was going to leave Sunday morning. Okay, so Tuesday afternoon, I'm like, God, uh, I literally just said this. Like, I, I literally said this. I need more time to figure out my forms and documents that I need to take to Detroit. Within a couple hours, my flight gets changed for the next day. Instead of coming out on Wednesday, it comes out on Thursday. And at this time, I, I, I'm frustrated. I'm so frustrated that, like, that just shortened my time in Detroit. But I didn't, like, it wasn't up till afterwards that God said, didn't you say you wanted more time to get your documents? Because it wasn't until Thursday that Apostle Tanya um, was able to change my ticket to have my name exactly how it appears on my passport. And then, um, which are all documents that, you know, like, once I got 
into the country, they never really asked for all this stuff, but they, the person there was actually like, okay, where's your return ticket? What's this? Where's that? Right. And so, um, even then on Thursday, when I got to the airport, my flight was delayed because, oh no, it first it got changed to Wednesday afternoon. It was going to arrive on Thursday, but then it got changed to Thursday afternoon. And then Thursday, it gets delayed by like five hours. And there's a flight coming in at the time that I'm there, literally exactly to where I'm going. And I'm like, can you just please switch my flight? Because I'm the only one with a connecting flight. And my final destination is not Las Vegas. My final destination is Detroit. And so if I miss, like I'm getting a five hour delay, I'm probably going to miss my connecting flight. And the lady there, she just stares at me and she's just, looking at me and she's angry because I'm I, I'm sure I wasn't the only one telling her stuff that they wanted their flight changed because it's a whole flight delayed. Um so she just stares at me and she starts screaming at me and she tells me, Oh, um it's not my problem. It's not a problem. I was like, you guys sold me the ticket. She's like, I don't care. Well it's connecting flights with other airlines in the US. It's not of our problem where you're not gonna give you your money back. Like figure it out just Kind of like telling you, like, suck it up and just go away. And I just stared at her. And I was like, I did feel I, I, at that moment, I just stood in the feelings I was feeling. I was like, in my head, I was like, okay, I am feeling angry. I am feeling frustrated. And then I realized, like, immediately, I was, I was like, why am I feeling? Oh, it's not her. It's not her words. It's my thoughts. I'm thinking she's so rude. I'm thinking she is unfair. I'm thinking this makes no sense. I'm thinking how in the world can you sell me a plan and tell me you don't care? Like, those are my thoughts. My thoughts are making me angry. My, and I just smiled at her. She just ranted on in front of me and screamed. At, and I just looked at her. And I then all of a sudden, when I saw that it was my thoughts about her creating these feelings, I then... God was like reminding me of the, the, this phrase I shared with you that he had shared with me seven days ago. You have no authority over what you don't love. I just saw her and I was like, I just looked her straight in the eye and I started to see how much God loved her and how frustrated she probably was and how there was tons of people probably trying to get into this other flight and she just had no way of fitting so many people into this airplane. And I just, said thank you and I walked away and I got out of the line and I started doing a thought download and I started just because obviously the we're human the feeling of like this is not fair this is frustrating and doesn't go away but I had like a five-hour delay to sit down and write down everything I was thinking and so I just started writing down all my thoughts and I started seeing how it was that that was creating me to be angry and upset and frustrated and it wasn't the lady that was making me do that I wasn't going to give her that power it wasn't the airline they didn't have that power. It wasn't the flight. They didn't have, it was my thoughts making me feel this way. And so I was like, what do I want to choose? God help me. And he reminded me of that. Count it all joy. And I was like, you're right. I have five hours right now. I don't have to be sitting down in a plane crammed in. I can stretch my body. I can do all these things. And so I started putting on worship music in my earphones. And I just started stretching in the middle of the, of like the, the waiting, uh, like gate floor and I was like squatting I was working out I was like I get to have this time to do my workout I get to have this time to stretch because once I get in the air you know in, in the plane I'm gonna be crammed in a little seat for about nine hours because it's a three and a half hour flight and then another three and a half hour flight and so I was like just rejoicing then and then as I start rejoicing they're like, okay, we're giving away food vouchers for those whose flight was late. I was like, yay, more rejoicing, right? And I, then we have to make a two-hour line for those vouchers. 
<laughs> and the, the vouchers were for five dollars. Um, but even in the line, I was literally like listening to worship music and just rejoicing and dancing and thinking and looking up at the sky because it had this like clear view of the sky and I was just God, I'm so, I'm in the airport already. I was like, okay, this is the, what it, what am I gonna make this mean? Even if the flight isn't here, it means one step closer to Detroit. I'm no longer in my house. Even if I'm still in the same city, I'm in the airport already. So what do I want to make this mean? One step closer. One step closer. That's it. Just one step closer. And so things just started to unfold the whole time. And even that lady that was then there um, in that line that had screamed at me, that had been telling me all of this, was now giving, had to give this, this food vouchers. Um, and I realized... Uh, I saw how people were treating her too. And I, then I understood her. And I was like, oh, wow. Like there was this guy that was so rude. He was like, why did you guys do this to us? And I was like, wow. You know, that's when you get to see why it's so important that we love. Because without love, there's no authority. And the problem is the authority starts with having authority over ourselves having authority over me, loving myself enough to say, I can, right now, I can react. I could seriously have started screaming back at her. I could have, you know, like told her, you know, like all these things about how unfair she was, how rude she was, how she wasn't doing a good job. I could have done all of that. But then the authority, like, did I love myself, first of all, enough to allow my brain to create those words because the words that were going to come out of my mouth they were going to go through this entire process that i'm going to be talking about in the next weeks throughout my body before they came out throughout my mouth was i gonna let myself be intoxicated by all these thoughts and processes that created those words for them to come out and i'm thinking i'm gonna hurt her with them and i'm thinking i'm releasing or i'm like no i'm doing this first to myself and we talked about something very important in the in the in the room uh in the declare the tour I'm sorry we talked about how the con there, there's a word um how when Mary said do it unto me as you say when the angel told her that she was going to have like she didn't say no 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 no, no. hold up why not me? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Like, this is going to happen. No. The moment she said, like, she accepted, she took the thought. That thought. The thoughts we take are that, um, I'm looking for the word if somebody can help me, Terry, or Colleen. I'm like, she's the, the, the speech coach. The, um, Terry, do you know the word? I can think which word. What, what do you, okay, so when Mary took. She, we talked about the concept. Cons, oh. When, when you get pregnant, what is that called? Concept? Oh. Conception. 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 Oh, there you go. And I think words are so beautiful. Like the conception took place because of the thought that took place in her head. Thank you so much, Terry. That was, that was it. Like conception. Conception. And if we look at it, that's what happens in our bodies when we let words out. There's a whole conceptualization. You take a thought and it goes through this entire physical process in your body that then lets birth out a word. And that word in the atmosphere is powerful. 
You think your words have no power, but they are so powerful. Every single one of them. They can change lives. They can change minds. They can shift atmospheres. They can change worlds. They can create. They can hurt. They can empower. They can motivate. They can destroy. They can, you know, all these things. And so we talked about that um, on on Saturday, I believe. Um, and I don't know. I don't remember who it was. I believe it was Pastor A who was sharing that. And she was saying how the moment she didn't take any thought other than be it unto me, as you say, like what your will is, it shall be done. Like that concept in her brain also created the conception. It wasn't. It was. It, and that's how things are created. Like when we take that thought, it starts to do and transform different things just like a baby start when it when you are conceived there's all these processes that happen in the womb and then all this process that happens until the birth date which is the actual when it's born that's the product of the promise the product of the of, of the baby like being there you knowing you're pregnant like the baby's actually physically that product of that promise just like that when we want to think of something, a million dollars or, you know, a new car, all these things, it is also the conceptualization of that thought that then processes all throughout your body for you to be able to proclaim, say, speak out. I want this, but not from a place of lag because the charge that it has is a charge that you took. When you conceptualized it, did you conceptualize that? Like, did the concept in your brain, was it created from a from a place of, I don't have this. I want it because I don't have it. Or was it created from a, huh, it would be really nice to have. Not from a place of lack, but I get to want this. I get to have this. This would be really awesome to have. Not because I don't have enough or not because I don't or because I need, need, need this specific thing, but because it would be so wonderful, because it would be awesome, because I would be able to help my dog. And, and it's not that I need it. It's that I get to want it. I get to want it. I get to choose it. And so this, there's a whole bunch of things that happened in my, in my journey to getting to Detroit. A whole, whole journey. It, I, like I, I could just write a whole book on it, but eventually I made it to Las Vegas. I had to go through customs immigrations. God moved with favor. I know the intercessors are amazing. Uh, Terry, Lucia, Dr. Juanita, uh, Colleen Tonell. I, I just, I don't even know how many there is on there. I know Jess, I, I don't know. Like there was so many. I just, wow. Like I knew I could feel your prayers. Like I could feel your prayers as God started to part waters. Like even when I got off that first flight um, and the, I, I don't even know the, the lady there in the airline, she, when I went up to the restroom and I was waiting for the restroom in the, in the air, in the plane to open, I just said, Hey, do you know what the process is once I get down? Cause I have a connecting flight. She's like, what? You have a connecting flight and your flight was delayed. And I was like, she's like, this flight was delayed. I said, yeah, I know. And she said, you know what? I'm going to try and figure out a way for them to let you out of the plane first. Literally, the plane landed. She's like, everybody, she's like, everybody, everybody, let her out, let her out. Like, she just got this parting waters left and right. And 
I mean, to think like, I didn't expect that from her. The, like the last lady in the same airline was so rude and mean. Um, and I was like, but I, once I understood it and processed and I loved on her, um, like I didn't have to tell her, I love you. I just didn't treat her badly. I just said, thank you. Have a wonderful day. You know, just move out of her way. I'll make sure that she didn't see me as a problem too, because she already had her own problems. And this lady now is the same airline, the same thing, but she's like making people move out of the way so I can run through customs. And then in customs, just everything that this, this, agent was questioning me on and stuff and all of a sudden i knew i felt like lucius prayers and everybody because he has like mind shifted and he just all of a sudden just let me go through and it was it was so wonderful and just everything the way that he was moving finally when when we're in detroit and um we're there and i said several things that i didn't really like i just said it because i was so joyful and stuff i didn't say it from a place of lack and that is the difference the whole process of conceptualization that happens starts with the feelings that charge the words because you can say the same words but the feelings that charge it are what really empower it as it goes out of your system into the atmosphere it goes from your head into the neurons the thoughts the electrical current behind it that charges it into to creating the airflow that the lungs sending out the right amount of air into the the pharynx and the larynx that then take it out of your mouth that then uses your tongue and your teeth positioning to be able to say the words all of that entire process you don't think about but it's there and it happens but all of that entire process as it runs through your body is being charged with something and i remember one of the days i said to <clears throat> i said to coach christina i said Oh, you know what it would be? Because we went to get a little muffin. And then she was like, I heard that downtown Detroit was really nice. And I was like, oh, I, I want to go downtown Detroit. And I said to her that day, like, we should go tonight. And then she said, well, I'm leaving tonight. And I said, well, I'm leaving tomorrow morning. But it would be nice. It would be really nice if I got to go downtown Detroit. And so um, she was like, okay, uh, yeah, maybe next time. And I was like, yeah. And I just, I just said, well, it would be really nice if I got to go downtown Detroit, right? And then I didn't say it from like, I need it. I don't have it. I, I was like, I was just like, oh, it, I mean, I'm already here with gratitude. And we talked about that earlier with gratitude that I got to be there. But it, yeah, like that would be such a chance up. It wasn't from a place of like charged with like, oh, why, why can't I go? Why, you know, why can't I stand? No, it was just like, it would be so nice if we could go, if I could go to downtown Detroit before I left. That's what I said. And then that afternoon, like later on the night, I, as I was saying bye to people, I remember her prophetess Chantel was there. And I said to her, Oh, she was like, you, yeah, I want you to be my pastor and all these things. And I was like, Oh, it would be, I literally said, Oh, I, I wish I could go with you to church tomorrow. But she was like, what's your flight? And I was like, no, my flight's leaving tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. And I was like, but you know, one day I said that, right? Like it will happen. And I, I, I like literally just, I was saying this, like just not even thinking about it. I was just like so full of joy that I got to meet these ladies in person, just hugging them. I was charged with like that love and that joy and like, like thankfulness and gratitude for all the things I did get to have. And so the next day, uh, no, that night I go 
to the, the to the hotel and then I find out Salam's staying in the same hotel and I hadn't met her in person but we like messaged each other a couple of times and then we have this wonderful talk um and then she tells me you know what I'm gonna stay tomorrow to go to church with with prophetess Chantel and I said oh wow that's so wonderful and I said I said bye I was like I'm so happy for you that you get to do this I was like I and I literally said I wish I could go to church one of these days with you I was like you know, it would be so nice if I got to go to church. But I was just saying it, like, so full of joy for her that she got... I wasn't, you know, like, oh, why does she get to what? No, I was just like, that's so cool, right? She gets to do this. And so um, this all came back to me uh, when Ruby called... When I called Ruby to let her know that, you know, when she dropped me off at the airport, they couldn't find me in any of their records. They couldn't find... And then it all started to click. And then she was like, Anna, your words are so powerful. Like, you know that everything that you said. And then, like, we didn't even realize this. But then when we ended up eating downtown with Coach Kim and all these things, and I got to see downtown, and it was just, like, everything, everything that I had said, like, oh, I want this. Oh, I wish. But I didn't say, like, gosh, I want this. I can't have. No, no, no. It was, like, so flowing. It, like, flew, flew, um, like, not, like, flying, but, like, the flow of it throughout your body. That it just comes out with that charge, with that charge. And that is the power God has given us to co-create with him. Because he's the creator. He's the giver. All glory is to him. He's the one that built us. He's the one that put all these systems in place in our body. He's the one that gave us and, and created and molded every part of your wonderfully made body. All of it. But he also gave that body, that mouth, that brain, all of it power to co-create with him and to build up and to do all these wonderful things and so that is really what i want to share to you and that is real that is the introduction of that conceptualization that happens in our body because right now i'm talking about it from a place of testimony from the word and, and also from some of the physical things that take place in a very general way but as we dive deeper into this you're going to see how intentional God was when he placed every piece of your tongue, your teeth, your mouth, your brain, your connections, your neurons, your larynx, your pharynx, your lungs, everything there that plays a role throughout your body to charge you to say those words that we're saying right now. But we don't see the whole process behind. So I'm just, my mind is blown um, by how <laughs> amazing our father is, how he has created us, how he has given us so many wonderful gifts, so many amazing, you know, like pieces of us inside of us and the things that he has placed inside each and every one of you. So I just want you to take some time to, to just like, even right now, just thank him. Thank him for your, for your mind, for your tongue, for your mouth. And I'm going to finish off with this verse from Hebrews 4.12. It says, <clears throat> For the word of God is living and active. His word. Okay, his word is perpetual. It's forever and ever. That's how powerful. It, his word, and we can see it in his, you know, like when we read his word, when we read his Bible, we can see that it is living and active. It's not just there in pieces of paper that's not it. it's living and when we read it we take it and conceptualize it and put it in our hearts and it becomes so powerful because it's also active it activates and it's sharper 
the any two-edged sword. Guess what happens when you say something to someone? It pierces through the atmosphere into their thoughts. It pierces into their feelings, but they can choose what to do with it. We all each have power. It pierces through the air and it reaches our ears. But how we interpret what we hear, it's up to us. Okay? Each person has their own power. But there is no doubt that our words and his word is sharp. And, and that's what it talks about here. It's talking about his word being so sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword. It can pierce through. So it actually, his word is so powerful because it pierces to the division of soul and spirit. Both of them. Okay, it pierces through, it reaches our spirit man, which is not, which is so powerful. We talk about how we are spirits with a soul in a body. So that's how powerful his word is. And then it, and then it goes from the soul and the spirit to the joints and marrow. And I'm gonna, at some point, I'm gonna talk about how this, how our joints on our marrow is, in our bodies have such a critical role, but how they are also so affected by our thoughts and the charges that we bring into our body. So his word actually doesn't, it, it's so powerful how it, it even like just gives us this visualization of how it's not just piercing through the soul and spirit, but joints and marrow. Think about a surgeon. And somebody said that this morning, you know, think about the kind of surgery that needs to happen when, you know, you break something or something is out of place and they need to pierce through the joint, pierce through the marrow and relocate that piece of bone and stuff. God's word can do that without the surgical tools because it is a surgical tool. It is something and it doesn't hurt. It heals. It's not like the physical surgical tools that hurt you. These are words that heal you immediately. They skip that part because his process is quick. His process is loving. His process is there. And discerning the thoughts. It continues to say Hebrews 4.12 says of joints and marrow. And okay, so it talks about the division of souls and spirit, then of joints and marrow. And then it concludes with discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This discernment, this discernment happens in your, you know, when we're understanding his word of our thoughts and of our intentions with our heart, because it's not just the thought, it's the charge of the thought, which is what is it charged with as it processes through your body to come out as words. Okay, the intention of the heart, the intentions, all of those are important. So I'm just going to read it all one last time. And um, I will conclude with this one. Hebrews Verse, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. That's the one I just broke down. I'm just going to read it all together now. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And I just want you to have that as your way to understand it, to soak in it, to dwell with it, to ask God what it is in his word that he wants to give you right now that is active, that is sharper, that is going to be the, what needs to happen to pierce through the soul and the spirit, through the joints and the marrow, through the pain, whether it's physical, emotional, and discerning thoughts and intentions in your heart that are really charging your body so that when you speak, when you say, when you proclaim, and when you're walking through this process that you may have and you will have 
the product of that promise that he's given you. I love each and every one of you. I will go ahead and end the recording here so that um, we can do our final takeaways and questions, doubts, comments. So if any of you want to come up on stage, feel free to let me know now. <laughs> Thank you all for joining me in this episode of Healthy Wealthy Wise Mind. If you would like to be live in my room recordings on Clubhouse, you can find me at Ana Gaeta on Clubhouse and Telegram, where you can also message me directly. Again, that's username A-N-A-G-A-E-T-A on both of those apps. I would love to learn more about you and your journey. And in case you want to know a little more about me, let me just share that as a mindset coach and wellness trainer for God's starting lineup, I'm here to help you get off the bench and into the field that you have been assigned. Whether your ministry is at home as a mom or you're called to multiply and serve thousands, your temple needs to be at an optimum condition for when God calls. So let's get you operating in the next level of faith and fitness today. You can contact me directly at Anagaeta on Telegram or find me on the Clubhouse app. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and have a wonderful, blessed day.